Hour number two. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Busy, busy. The GM and head coach of your Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, will join us. We'll play Impossible Flames Trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag. And at the top of the next hour, brand spanking new assistant head coach for your Calgary Flames, Mark Savard, going to join us. But right now, probably, probably my favorite guest on the radio station, the franchise, probably the most famous person from his high school, uh, covers the Flames for Sportsnet, the Eric Francis show on Sportsnet 960, formerly of Hockey Night in Canada. I wanted to do like an intro like Joey Chestnut got yesterday, but I couldn't do it. But morning, Franchise. How are you on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline? That was, you know, I've got a tear in my eye. That was so beautiful. <laughs> and, and and Joey Chestnut bet might be about the only guy who can eat more than me these days. It's amazing. I really got to slow down. I don't have the metabolism to, to, do, to eat the amount I eat. Um, Good Lord. You, uh, you are uh, you. You graciously accepted the invitation to do shows next week uh, with me. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to reach out to Joey Chestnut and have him on the show. Uh, how nervous are you going to be interviewing Joey Chestnut potentially? That would that would probably be the most famous person I ever spoke to. <laughs> that would be uh, what a delight that would be. I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a talent, right? That's yep. a talent. He, when we talk to, in our business, we talk to people with incredible talent all the time, but it's, it's stuff that a lot of people try to do. Joey Chestnut's found his own course. Yep. He's created his own, like, this guy is an enterprise all in itself. Like, yeah, oh, God, please get him on. Yeah. Please. Uh, Wayne Gretzky scored 92 goals in a season, but can he eat 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Did he, is that what his number was yesterday? Yeah. Like sixty, and is that a record? No, his no. record is uh, seventy three. Is his record seventy six or seventy three? Right? Yeah, I mean he, he's he's not uh, he's not no spring chicken, so he has to watch. He's thirty nine years old. Seventy six is his record. Nine. Yeah. yeah. And what do they what do they generally say about a hot dog eater? What's the what's the apex like? What's the prime? Really hit your stride. Like, yeah. See, this is the question we can ask Joey Chestnut. Hopefully next week. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. You guys might have that opportunity. Oh my God, Julian, how's it going, my friend? My friend, Eric Francis. Good to hear from you, man. I'm doing okay. Uh, keep the seat warm for you when you when you join uh, George next week. Hey, uh, that's good to hear. Now, I I saw you tweet that you're on from six to nine every day. Yes. Yep. Now the contract. The verbal agreement I had with George was coming in from seven to nine. Correct. What? Uh, okay, I just want to make sure I got that right. No, you do. Huh? He he wanted to come in at six. Franchise. I wanted to. I remember. Yeah. But Eric, like, I remember when I was young, young and eager. I remember. <laughs> but Eric, what I what I did, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but George and I we did a week of shows together on the Fan Five Ninety in Toronto, and we were in two different places, and we were not even in the same studio. So I was very excited about the prospect of. Being in the same studio as uh, as George, even from 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 six a.m., which I have to admit, I don't know if I ever got that option about showing up a little later. But you know what? I digress. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to rub it in. I, I'm just trying to make yeah. sure that I've got it right for next week. You got it right. You, you do. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay, I'm totally looking forward to it uh, next week. Hey, are we going to have an Elias Lindholm contract extension? But when you're doing shows with us next week. 
God, it's anybody's guess, isn't it? I, you know, I, I still think there's a better chance we're going to have an Elias Lindholm trade press conference than we are a signing. But, okay. but, you know, but, but, you know, good on both sides, I think, for not putting in any false deadlines and just letting this thing play out. You know, the player has to be comfortable in, in deciding that he wants to stay, despite the fact that I think before Daryl Sutter was let go, I think it was pretty clear Elias Lindholm wanted to leave, but you know, some things have changed, obviously, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I'd still be very surprised if he signed. I, I really would. But, uh, hey, I've been, uh, I've been wrong before. I mean, what, what's your gut telling you guys? I mean, like, I'm not sure. I, I, there's a part of me that thinks, like, hey, you know, he probably would, if he wanted to stay, he would have signed already. Uh, I, I, I'm also very curious about the fact that the Flames are, are, are into waiting into seeing that this could play out. And that's going to play into the next question I was going to ask you. Like, is that not a bit of a weird thing to see the Flames kind of take their time with a player like Elias Lindholm instead of, you know, trying to see if there's a trade market out there? We know now it's a little bit different, but maybe instead of just having that, uh, you know, a non-internal deadline, but you're willing to let this play out as long as it needs to. Is that not a bit of a concern the longer you let that wait? How do you see that? Yeah, I don't think it's ideal, uh, and I, and I, but I also don't think that the, it makes sense to have a hard deadline. Listen, what what happened with Kachuk last year came like what ten days or whatever after Johnny had left, uh, or less than that. And so, you know, it, that was when they said, "Look, we can't let this happen again, and we got to maximize it right friggin' now." <laughs> and this is this is a little different. Like I I really don't have a problem, and I don't think it's a position of terrible weakness if the Calgary Flames went into the season next year with six of those, all six of those guys in the lineup. I really don't think that that's a huge issue. I think you're always looking to make a trade for anyone who wants, who's made it clear they're not going to sign an extension. That's fine, but you know, what's, you know, the worst thing that could happen then, though, is that they get off to a great start. Suddenly they're challenging for the division lead, and then what do you do at the trade deadline? But that's a whole other kettle of fish. You worry about that down the road. So no, I, I don't. I think they're playing it straight. Listen, Elias Lindholm's holding all the cards here, right? All the cards, and you want to give him every opportunity to to try and to make the decision to stay. And if that means waiting and waiting and waiting, even if it's to the detriment to the club long term, I, I still think you got to give him every minute because he's your franchise player moving forward. Well. It's weird to say that because it seemed as if Craig Conroy did not want to put his team in that position where all of these expiring contracts uh, were going to be in place. So I'd be very stunned if it got to that point where they would bring that back. I do have another Lindholm follow-up for you, though. I know a couple weeks ago uh, I put together a collab article on The Athletic uh, where we went through some numbers from Evolving Hockey, and it seemed as if his contract projected out to an eight-year deal about $8.7 million. That's what it could project out to when you look at some of the different comparables. Eric Francis, if you were GM of the Calgary Flames, what number would you feel comfortable re-signing Elias Lindholm at? Well, it's, it's an interesting question, Julian. Like, what are you comfortable with? Or what, you know, what does it take to get it done, right? I mean, I guess, obviously, those Good are point. different things. I, you know, 8.7, if that's market value, and I have a guy who's showed that he wants to stay in my city, you jump all over it. Um, you know, if you're asking me how much higher would you go, um, you know, that's another question. But at 8.7, I, I would be comfortable as a GM if, that, if that's market value because 
you know, we're now at the point in Calgary where it's obviously very evident. I've been writing this for years that just the impediments in front of a team like the Calgary Flames, you know, I had Milan Lucic on my show yesterday and he, I asked him, why don't players want to stay in Calgary? Why don't players want to come to Calgary? Point blank. And, you know, he's very open about it. He loved it here and he, he embraced it, but a lot of guys don't like the weather. They don't like the travel. They don't like, uh, you know, the city doesn't have a whole lot to offer compared to some other cities. It's things to do on your day off. Anyway, my point is, if a guy's willing to come, you you have to be able to pay top dollar or maybe even a premium to keep him in Calgary or else these guys will all stray. So I, I'd i be happy at 8.7. I really would. Eric Francis uh, covers the Flames for sports. Then, of course, the Eric Francis Show on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, minus the Rose, June McKenzie. Sports at 960 the fan. Um, does Noah Hannafin start the season as a Calgary Flame franchise? I don't know. Same thing, right? I, I don't think he will. I, I do feel like, you know, the ne- I, here's what I'll say. The next press conference that we're at, I still think is going to be Noah Hannafin traded. Hmm. Um, you know, because, you know, it, it's well known around the league that he's out there. Uh, it's also, you know, we're past free agency. There really weren't a whole lot of stellar top four defensemen out there. I think Dmitry Orlov was the best guy. And this guy is so much better than Dmitry Orlov. And I think teams who had their eyes set on Dmitry Orlov or or a top four defenseman can now circle back to the Calgary Flames and say, okay, we didn't get our guy in free agency. Now I guess we're going to have to pay for a top four guy. Well, you know, let's start talking Turkey. So I think he'll be traded before the season starts. I know that they've been low-balled. I think that's a combination of teams just wanting to covet their picks, but also because I think people are testing Craig Conroy, right? He's a rookie GM, and I think teams are they're going to lowball him all, you know, right off the hop here to just see, you know, what he's made of. And I'm glad that he didn't jump all over something that was undervalued because Noah Hannafin is certainly worth uh, every dime. You know, I, I think he's the template to me for a guy like Noah Hannafin is one first-rounder and two second-rounders. Now, I don't know if that's still possible in today's market, but, but you've got to do everything you can to try and get that well, before you give them away. Well, I guess when you put the draft picks into it, maybe that changes things, but my biggest question with Noah Hannafin and a trade is where would you move him? Buffalo, we saw them a couple of days ago add to their defense core. Uh, the Florida Panthers, I, I get it's Oliver ekman Larson. He's not the same player that he was in Arizona, but they still made that addition on that side of the ice. And there were rumors going around that if a deal were to be consummated with Florida and the Flames, Anthony DeClaire would be part of that package. He's since been sent to San Jose. Pittsburgh, they would have had to be very creative in order to make a move work, but that might have been a destination for Noah Hannafin. They've since added Ryan Graves, uh, and I mean, they're trying to offload Jeff Petrie, but they've added a much cheaper defenseman at a six-year deal. People have mentioned, hey, what if you put a deal that sees Noah Hannafin go to Toronto? But a lot of people have said, oh, but they already have TJ Brody. In terms of actual destinations to make a trade work, I'm just curious about where you would look towards in order to make that work for a Noah Hannafin trade. Well, I don't disagree that we're playing musical chairs here and we're getting to the point where the music stopped and it looks like Noah still doesn't have a seat other than the, the one in, in Calgary, you know, which again, which is all the more reason for for this team to be open to the possibility of Hannafin starting the season with the team. But, you know, yeah, it, it it is tough to find a fit, but I do think that there's always room for another top four. I mean, this guy's a top three defenseman. 
on most teams in the National Hockey League. And I, I, I think there's always room for another guy like that, especially at the value contract he has at under $5 bucks a year. Uh, at only one more year left, right? I, I think a lot of teams will still want to try him on for size, uh, even if he, he might not slot into a top four right away, or he's a 4A, 4B. Um, so, yeah, it's getting harder to find a logical destination. I get that. But uh, Calgary Flames are going to keep on trying. And the other thing that I think is so important, you know, I hear this mantra a lot from, from people, why does everybody want out of Calgary? Why does everybody want out of Calgary? I think there's a big difference, guys, between wanting out of Calgary and telling them that you're not going to extend your stay in Calgary. There's a big difference. Like right. Tyler Toffoli ultimately got frustrated and said, look, there's clearly no extension here. I want to sign an extension somewhere. Uh, I want out right now. And then that's where Craig Conroy was true to his word when he said, I want people in the lineup who want to be here. I don't think Noah Hannafin would dare come to camp. He's the kind of guy who wouldn't come to camp saying, you know, in his mind, oh, I don't want to be here, but I, I guess I have to be until they trade me. I think Noah Hannafin would be completely content to come back here. But all he's saying is, when I have a chance to choose my own destination, contract-wise, I'm going somewhere else. Thanks very much. And uh, so uh, there is a distinction to be made there. Not everybody's clamoring to get out. They're just not willing to stay for extended periods of time. Does it feel inevitable that Connie and Tree are going to get together on a trade here franchise? Yes. <laughs> Did I say that quickly <laughs> enough? I, I, I just, I, and I know that that would be terrifying for Conroy because <laughs> I think, oh, I think a lot of guys would be terrified to deal with, deal with Tree Living because he's so savvy, <clears throat> savvy with his trades. But I, I do feel like. I still feel like Dan Vladar would be a, a very good target for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, they need two goaltenders, not just one. And I know they qualified Samsonov, and we'll see where that goes. But I, I, hmm. I think very highly of Dan Vladar. I know Tree Living thinks very highly of Dan Vladar, too. And I've been saying for a long time that I think that, that that's a deal that ultimately will happen. Whenever the Flames decide it's time for Dustin Wolf to get his time in, and, and that might be this this. Well, it was interesting when Conroy was asked about it the other day about his goaltending, and it, you know he's kind of everything he says makes you think that they're going into camp with all three guys. I know a lot of fans think it doesn't make sense to go in with all three guys, and I'm not really sure where I stand on that. I know that the three-headed monster didn't work out about six, seven years ago when they tried that um, in Calgary. It was a it was a colossal failure. Um, so I, anyway, I, I think that. <laughs> There are a lot of different fits. I think he'd be very interested in Noah Hannafin as well because Tree is one of these guys who loves to load up as much as he can on defensemen. So, no, I think I definitely think those lines of communication have already been open. I guarantee they've had talks with him just saying, so what do you want to do with Hannafin? What are you thinking for Vladar? What are you thinking for Elias Lindholm if you can't, if you can't sign him? Uh, I guarantee those conversations have already been had. Mm, uh, any of those conversations revolving around William Nylander? Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are uh, connecting those dots, aren't they? You know, Nylander involving Hannafin or Nylander involving, you know, any number of guys on the Calgary Flames uh, who have expiring contracts or, or who don't. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. I mean, I think that would be – I do think that that might be a good fit. When you've got a high-priced guy that you you feel you've got to move, there aren't a lot of trade partners uh, out there, I don't think. But if two teams have high-priced guys that want to move – you think maybe something could be worked out here really nicely. 
I know we've discussed this a lot in our interview today, but like I, I got to go back to the fact that it seems that players w- seemingly want to get out of Calgary. And one thing that I think has confused a lot of fans is that Daryl Sutter, before he was let go as head coach, that was seen as a problem, and that him being gone as head coach, that was seen as the team getting rid of a problem. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe people people are. Were, maybe it's the case where it wasn't the problem but it seemed like it was a problem so like what do you think of the fact that even after that happened you still have this potential looming exodus where Lindholm doesn't want to stay where where I mean Tyler Toffoli loved playing for Daryl Sutter but now he's gone Noah Hannafin wants out and 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 we don't know what's going to happen with Michael Backlund as well or some of the other free agents but I'm just curious about your thoughts with with the Daryl Sutter element of of all of this well, they, they certainly removed one of the major impediments. I mean, it was discussed openly in the dressing room amongst a, a number of players all season long that they couldn't, they couldn't wait to get out of here because of Sutter. Um, now that Sutter's gone, and good on ownership for realizing that the damage that he, the, the damage would continue uh, if Daryl Sutter stayed because there would be an even more, you know, you think this is a mass exodus. You know, you, you, there'd be more guys who'd be asking for trades out uh, if they didn't get rid of Daryl. So yeah, they, they removed the number one impediment, which I think is the only reason why we're still even talking about Lash Lindholm. If Daryl Sutter was still the head coach, I think Lindholm would already have been traded, or at the very least, he would have already told the club, there's no chance I'm coming back. Same with Michael Backlund. So they've removed a huge impediment. The, the fact that an arena deal appears, shame on us for you know thinking it's a done deal now. But yeah, I guess... You know, it looks like it's now going to be a done deal when they sign the, the papers in August because the election uh, went the proper way for a new arena. That's another impediment that's been removed. Again, it's not enough for a guy to want to stay, but all these things combined help make for a better environment here moving forward. And in terms of environment, the fact that you've got a, a, a player-friendly coach and a, definitely a player-friendly general manager, that also helps with the environment but you're still at the end of the day dealing with a place that gets to minus 30 in the winter, a place that's really remote and travel is some of the worst in the national hockey league, a place that does not have favorable taxes, uh, a, a, you know, a place where I'm not sure many players believe right now that this team is anywhere close to winning a championship. And I think another frustration that players have is, you know, and I don't, most veterans don't want to be part of a rebuild, but a lot of people think that the natural way for this team to ever get on track to be a legitimate contender is to tear it down first, like almost every Stanley Cup winner over the last 10 years has done. Uh, but this organization has made it very clear that they don't plan on doing that anytime soon. So there's a lot of reasons why there's still going to be an exodus. There's no question about it. But they have removed two major impediments with the building and Daryl Sutter, for sure. Well, you mentioned rebuild. I, I want your take on this. How can this team do a rebuild if they still have Huberdo and Kadri and Uyghur and Markstrom's contracts, and especially with some of those having having NMCs? How does how does that even if even if Lindholm and Backlund uh, leave and you get assets for those players, how are you doing a proper rebuild? No, you're not. You're not. I mean, you could you could swallow hard and then try to trade those guys out, uh, and and then you have a, a pure rebuild. But I'm 100 percent with you. You with those top heavy contracts and the length of them. And the breadth of them, that, you know, you're not ever doing a rebuild unless you officially get rid of at least one of those guys. Um, I call it a retool. I keep referring to this whole thing as a retool because, you know, the continued 
insistence that they're going to leave spots open for youngsters in camp is very encouraging to a lot of fans I know. And it's, you know, but, but it also tells me, like, you can't win in this league when half your team is youngsters. Uh, you, you, you could probably make the, you could maybe make the playoffs, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a retool is what they're, they're almost, un, they're unofficially doing a retool because there are going to be a whole lot more youngsters in this lineup than this team is used to. Uh, and yeah, you're still going to have your high-end, you know, big big ticket items, uh, who are supposed to stabilize and lead your organization. If they do that, yeah, you could still drag some of those youngsters into the playoffs. But if those guys have seasons like last year, then <laughs> then you're going to hear more and more about wanting a rebuild and get rid of getting rid of those guys. Uh, franchise, there's a couple things I want to get to uh, before we say goodbye. Do you have something that's irking you? Yeah, a little bit. All right, uh, can we hit it, gentlemen? that time of the week. Time to find out what's irking Eric right now on The Big Show. Flying, when you're flying, <laughs> you're not like, you're you're not on a dating app. Like, you're not there to meet people. This is not a meet and greet. This is, this is a place to get from A to B as painlessly as possible. That means everybody puts in their ear... AirPods, the earphones, whatever. Everybody, I used to always lift a newspaper as soon as I got on a plane. Remember newspapers? Yep. Yeah, I used I to lift. This. I used to pick one up and like establish strong body language. I, I always say hi to the person next to me. I think that's not enough people do that. But but then I want to establish right away. Get the newspaper up. The tabloids were great for that because you could get that right up in your face and make it very clear that you're not really looking for conversation. But these people who get on airplanes, God, this happened again the other day. And they, they, it's like they met their best friend next to them in seat 23B. <laughs> this is their best friend, and they can't, believe, they can't believe how many connections they have. Like, oh, my God, you've been to Toronto? So have I. This is amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then they start swapping stories about Toronto and... And it's fine to be friendly, and it's fine to be nice to people and to meet people. But remember that everybody on the plane can hear your conversation within about eight rows. And these people, they're so excited to meet their new best friend that they speak in that same tone that they would if their phone rang on a plane. You know, very loudly so that everyone can hear all their wonderful stories about the time they went down to Kensington Market. I mean, that's a great story. No question about it. You, you see the, the, the fish that were caught that morning. It's really exciting. But nobody else cares. So oh, stop, stop meeting your best friend on a plane and sharing life stories with everybody around you because it's so damn annoying. Uh, one more thing, too. Uh, we've been doing this all morning. Who's the most famous person outside of you who you went to high school with, Eric Francis? Oh my God! There's not a single soul from my high school that's famous. No, I, I can't think of anybody. Okay. Like, you shoot no. me a text if you think of it, and I'll and I'll say it on the air. Yes, that's a good idea. You know, I got a tea time here, just half an hour, so <laughs> oh I got some time God. to really. Yeah. I got some time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's... the next the the next irking me is people who, when you ask how they how golf was. They work their score in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that next week. Okay, sounds good. Uh, hit him straight, pal. Thanks for this. 
Cheers, boys. Have a great one. See you, Julian. There, there he goes. Uh, Eric Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders coach and GM, will play Impossible Flames trivia. And brand spanking new assistant head coach of the Calgary Flames, Mark Savard, at the top of the next hour. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, minus the Rose, Sports at 960, the fan. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Julie McKenzie in for Maddie Rose all week. We'll wrap up the hour. We'll play some Impossible Flames trivia, your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco, and some swag at the top of the next hour. The new assistant head coach for your Calgary Flames, Mark Savard, is going to join us. But right now, he is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And we say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, how about how are you guys? Uh, we're good. Um, we've been playing this little game on the text line all morning. Uh, aside from yourself, who's the most famous person you went to high school with, Dave Dickinson? Well, I went to high school with Ryan Leaf. Uh, there you go. Okay. It's not terrible. Um, no. Nope, not terrible at all. Yeah, so he... Uh, we don't stay in contact a lot, but, uh, mm. um, yep, grew up about two blocks from him, and he was about three years younger than me, so we had the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th deal, so um, definitely remember it. I'm sure he's um, he's well-known for different reasons, but, yeah, that's probably the the one that, I've, that, that, that I got. Uh, he's definitely a guy who obviously uh, had some uh, personal issues that he's overcome, and He's actually done really well for himself as an analyst. Do you listen to a lot of his stuff? Like, because I think I think he does a terrific job. He and he'll sometimes you know he'll sometimes throw out a reference, doesn't even say it by name on myself. But basically, you know, I um, I, I was kind of the underdog. I was smaller. I didn't have a lot of physical talent, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, had a pretty good career. And then Ryan has, you know, he's six five more the physical alpha dog and and he had a good career too and it just didn't work out in the nfl um but uh, but yeah he uh you know we were so much different and he he talks about you know maybe living or or following a guy that's tough when you get compared to certain things and mm-hmm. and uh people i think in montana it's easy to root for the underdog in any sport but i always felt like i had great support and um yeah i do listen to him and i like I said, i'm glad he's back up on his feet and doing his thing and uh it's not that I avoid him or anything like that. It's just our paths haven't crossed in a long time. Um, how do you approach a bye week? You specifically? Well, they're early in the year, they're different because you don't really have a lot to look at. Um, you know, you do kind of reassess and see where you're at and, and why are we why are we where we are. Um, this bye week for me, it was uh, I did do a couple charity golf tournaments, and uh, one thing I realized my golf game is not very good, <laughs> uh, so I need to work on that. Uh, but I did feel like I told the players it can you know recharge a lot of times recharge the mind, but we're not mentally beat down or anything. More than anything, we're physically beat down. We're our team is just beat up, so that bye hopefully allowed us to get a little bit of energy and get a few guys closer to being healthy but that's what the bye did the most for our team is allowed us to kind of hopefully uh get some of these guys back maybe not this week but hopefully soon well one of those players who uh you guys activated off the six game injured list reggie begleton uh can you give us a status update about whether he's able to play this week 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's more about contact with him right now, than, but I needed to activate him so he could run and, and make sure he kept his fitness going. And we practice in a different manner than it used to be in the old days. I mean, you really don't get hit in practice. The O-line, D-line will hit a bit, the odd you know, blocking in, in certain drills, but kept Reggie out of all that. Today, right now, if he if he can get the go-ahead from the doctors and he feels comfortable, um, you know, we're going to look at uh, potentially playing him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's any more than fifty-fifty at this point. But the guy's working hard. He's just a different man. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's not a lot of Reggie Bagelmans that go out there and and work as hard as his craft as this guy. Uh, you uh, you have a bunch of different injuries to, to deal with on this roster, not just Reggie, uh, but uh, Kadeem Carey's not available to you. We know Malik Henry's not available to you. Can you think of another year, uh, whether as a coach or whether from your playing days, where you could think of a time where you've had to deal with so many injuries so early on in your season? Well, that that's actually the the major problem is that um, they happen in so fast on us because, you know, if the guys, if you thought you could get them back to, you'd have a chance. But I mean, maybe we started off on the wrong foot with Jalen Philpott. I mean, we had to put him on six game back in April. Um, you know, so it was like we hadn't even done anything. We lost Silas Stewart before camp. Uh, he was out on the field just working out, and he popped his toe out of joint. Can't run, you can't play tried to do some things so I'm not really sure to be honest but I know it seems to have hit our stars our big bigger names and you know it is frustrating for some of the guys that you feel like you may not see them for the rest of the year uh, but you don't want to get buried too hard I like our team we're young and we're growing it might pay off it might pay off down the road uh, having so many guys play and getting experience and getting better so I'm going to look at the positives of that and, and just keep plugging my whole thing with the guys is, is we're going to keep pushing and it's time to rise up, so we'll see what happens this week. Dave, you brought back some uh, familiar faces uh, this past week, uh, Levante Bellamy and Floyd Allen, who were uh, cut in training camp, but then uh, Mark and Michelle, who spent the past four years in the NFL, won a great cup with you guys in 2018. What are you hoping to see from him uh, as he gets uh, more immaculated with, uh, with, the, with the current uh, playbook and everything? Yeah, so like last game, uh, the, the, the major injury was Malik, I mean Achilles, he's, so he's out yeah. for the year. We did lose Luther as well in the game. So we started kind of seeing we need, we need some help at receiver. And, um, you know, we've been in touch with Mark and through the years, but not pushing because we wished him the best of luck and we wanted him to have success in the NFL. And he did well. I mean, he didn't get in a lot of games, but nobody could speak uh, poorly of him mm-hmm. any of the teams he's played for. So... You know, he was kind of in that mode where I'm a certain age, I, I got to decide, you know, do I want to make some money or do I, you know, on practice rosters and have a lot of indecision and no stability or should I come up to Canada and, like he said, try to make this uh, more of my future yeah. as well as the present. And that's what he decided to do. It took a while. We worked hard at it because, you know, it's not like uh, we had a ton of money to offer him because, you know, we basically – our cap is a cap, and if guys get hurt, you can kind of mirror their contracts, but it's not like you can go up and, and beyond a lot of these these numbers. But he's a good player. He's a hard worker. He's smart. He's competitive. It's just been a while, so I just – yeah, I, I caution everybody. Uh, we'll see, but uh, you know, I can't. I don't think you can expect him just to be hitting the hitting the ground running a thousand miles an hour. There's still a lot of things that have changed since he played up here in 2018. Yeah, and how's uh, how's Jake dealing with uh, with the injuries to the receiving core? Working with some new names. How's he been uh, handling all this? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Reggie and Malik were kind of our top two, and then 
we were going to find young players to put around them. And that's, that was so hard at last game, really, because we didn't have either um, after Malik's injury. But he's young, too. So, you know, he's still in, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. 12, 13 career starts. That's it. Uh, get, you know, it's like we need to grow together. Um, the best way to grow to me is to push through some adversity and come out though better. And also uh, I need some wins. So yeah. those are the things we're, we're looking to do this week. Uh, beyond uh, him having to deal with injuries, what have been your general impressions of Jake and, and, and what advice have you been able to impart on him uh, as he takes on that role of, of being a, a full-time starting QB, this first full year starting off in that position? I think he's getting better. I, I do. I think there's situations uh, that we need to improve on. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to take a quick step back in order to move forward. Uh, the main thing for the last game is we, we got him hit too much on free runs. They, we messed up a couple of different communications up front, and defensive ends got free free runs and hits on him. And he's not a big man. He's not small either, but he's, he you just can't let these defensive ends or D-line type get free shots on your quarterback and that that has to change and, and we have to address that and we are trying uh, we have to make sure that uh, you know if you get beat that's one thing but if it's just a mental bus and you let a guy come free that means you're not focused you're not doing your job so we got to keep him a little bit more upright and we got to try to limit the hits uh, it's just hard you know you just can't keep taking big big shots like that and expect to be healthy uh, Dave, before I let you go, uh, kind of an anomaly in the CFL right now. These long home losing streaks. We know what's going up north in Edmonton. They haven't won a game in forever. The Red Blacks finally snapped their really long home losing streak. Can you put your finger on that? How, how, how weird is that in a game of football where there is a decided home field advantage that in this league, some of these teams just can't get, done, can't get it done at home recently? Well, we haven't been great. I'm not going to say that we, we actually have a better record last year on the road and we're our only win this year is on the road. So I don't think it's any. I mean, I do think there's a lot of parity, and I think uh, it's. I think it's when you play certain teams too. You know, some teams probably start quicker because they have a very veteran group continuity. I do think pressure jumps on you though, and you get a little tight. Uh, most games of CFL are going to be fairly close, uh, so you know there, there's a play or two here or there that could change the outcome. Can't put my finger on why the home mm-hmm. the home losses happen more than the road. I do think when you're on the road though, you do kind of feel like you can go steal one and. Um, you know, we know going to Winnipeg, uh, we haven't won there in a while either. But it's, a, it's a great atmosphere. It's a tough place to play, but we've been right there. Now it's time for us to, to, to go uh, take it, take what's ours and, and win a game. Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders. Dave, thanks for this. Best of luck in Winnipeg. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. At the top of the hour, the new assistant head coach, new assistant coach for your Calgary Flames, Mark Savard is going to join us. That's exciting. And then Greg Wyshynski, ESPN senior writer at 8.30. Lots of hockey talk straight ahead, but right now, it's your chance to win something from our good friends at Vacay Bruco as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Get your thinking cap ready because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's Impossible Flames Trivia question. And it's brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda. YYC. Here's the deal. I give you three current or former Calgary Flames players. 
and you have to figure out the connection between all three. If you do that on the text line at 960 you got to put your name and location to win. That's a, you win that's the a fi- must. Yeah, you win the $50 gift card and some swag. Julian's playing for the first time. He's got his pen ready. He's excited. You think you can crack this? Like you feel like this is a challenge? You think you can do this? I'm ready. Give it. Uh, Patrick knows the answer. I do. I do. Uh, know you know what the is answer. the difficulty scale on today's question? Uh, if you're paying attention to current Flames events, you should be okay. Whoa, you that's idea. a big hint. That's a pretty big hint. Well, it's not a huge hint. No, it's it, that's, there's a ton of current events that well, have happened well, with this team. Well, thank God I'm not eligible to get the gift card. Yeah. I'll tell you what. There's been a lot of Flames news. So if you're paying attention to the Flames, yep. you should have a chance in this. All right. Here we go. Uh, the first name, Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman was born on November 28th, 1991 in Plano, Texas, and is an American professional ice hockey winger for the Calgary Flames of the NHL. He was selected in the third round, 75th overall by the New Jersey Devils during the 2011 NHL entry draft. His father played football at Oklahoma University, and his sister, Brooke, played volleyball at Ohio University. His nickname is Pickles. Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan was born on December 29th, 1986 in Spokane, Washington, is a forward for the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL. Ryan made his NHL debut at age 29 for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. He played parts of three seasons with the Hurricanes before signing with the Calgary Flames in July of 2018. And your final name, I think you've heard of him, Johnny Goudreau. Oh, that guy. John Michael Goudreau was born on August 13, 1993 in Salem, New Jersey, and is a winger for the Columbus Blue Jackets of the NHL. He played for the NCAA uh, Division I's Boston College Eagles from 2011 to 2014. Goudreau was selected by the Flames in the fourth round, 104th overall of the 2011 NHL draft. Nicknamed Johnny Hockey, he was the 2014 winner of the Hobie Baker Award as the best player in the NCAA. He won the Lady Bing, my favorite trophy. Uh, the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy as the NHL's most gentlemanly player following the 2016 2017 season. Blake Coleman, Derek Ryan, and Johnny Goudreau all have something in common as we're playing in possible Flames trivia. 960-960, name and location on the text line. And before I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right here. They none of them have been in my kitchen, so let's not go no down that kitchen. No, no kitchen. No. Not even Derek Ryan. Uh hmm. we're all getting these uh, uh all didn't want to play for the Flames. Uh, all Americans who played for the Flames. Yes, that's correct. They're all Americans, but not what I'm looking for. That is not what I'm looking for. Julian Amer- McKenzie from The Athletic, who's in for Matt Rose, who's in Italy right now. What is your guess? My guess would have been the American thing, but it's. N- but you know what? Maybe it's something more specific than that. All I'm, three um, can be Julian in a hot dog eating contest? That's oh, a, that's a that. man from Wedley. I think, I think all three men at some point were in New Jersey. Hmm? That's not right, no. but that's I like your thinking. Yeah, I like I, your I, thinking. I, it, was, it was a it was a jump because because Goudreau is from Jersey. Coleman played in New Jersey. The one thing I was reaching for was Derek Ryan. I don't know if he has a New Jersey tie. Okay, yeah. uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. All three take less vacation than George. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, keep them rolling in. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. You ready for hint one? Yes. Happy belated 247th birthday, America. Woo! Happy belated 247th birthday, America. 960-960, name and location. Blake Coleman, Derek Ryan, Johnny Goudreau. 
all have something in common. 960, 960, name and location. We're playing Impossible Flames Trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag. It's delicious there for lunch. Patrick can attest he was there with us. It was very it's nice. tasty. Uh, you can use that towards food or beers. I had the Lots of fun. Uh, 960, 960, name and location. Keep rolling these in. Uh, we've had a couple guesses that are in the ballpark. One guy's in the, he's in the park. He's warm. He's warm. But he's not hot. Mm, right now, do you have run. another guess after I give you the hint? Before I give you another hint, um, maybe they all hung out at Coney Island at some point. Okay, mm. oh, Coney Island hot dog eating contest, Joey <laughs> Chestnut. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for. You ready for hint number two? Give me hint number two. Don't think about croissants, scones, or muffins. Think Danish. Oh, don't think about croissants, scones, or muffins. Think Danish. Blake Coleman, Derek Ryan, Johnny Goudreau. What the heck is this? Hint? We're playing Impossible Flames trivia. It's not called Easy Flames trivia. It's called Impossible Flames trivia, Julian. They- it's supposed to be hard, and it comes from my stupid head. And I connect these three players. They all have a connection somehow, some way. The pickles aren't necessarily sweet. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be like like food related. Don't think about croissants, scones, or muffins. Think Danish. And I mean, think there's, Danish. There's no, there's no immediate Netherlands connection to these three, so it has to be Danish. Do Netherlands. Danish from, oh, sorry, sorry, not Danish. Sorry, sorry, not Netherlands. Not Netherlands. Not Netherlands. <laughs> Denmark. 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 I, Denmark. I, Denmark. I, Denmark. I expect something like that from Matt Rose, but no, not you. No, Denmark. I meant Denmark. I meant Denmark. Uh, is there anything close on the text line right now? Um, uh, warm. We're getting warm. We're getting warm. Nine sixty nine sixty. There is one key here that people are missing out on. Yeah, uh, 960, 960, name and location. Oh, there's one. Please put your name here because you're getting really close. You're Same getting top text really, as well. really name close. Name location, people. Name Riley, location. you're really close. You're getting really warm here. That location. Uh, Blake Coleman, Derek Ryan, Johnny Goudreau. You ready for uh, you ready for hint number three? Yes. Um, you get something for being the second place loser. You get something for being the second place loser. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia. Derek Ryan, Johnny Goudreau, Blake Coleman all have something in common. The texts are flying in right now. GVP, you have the answer as well. I texted it to you. Yes, and your spelling in this is abysmal, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know my spelling's abysmal. (laughs) Damn! (laughs) I'm not sending this out on Twitter. Damn! Which I always check my spelling. Mitch, still, you're warm, Mitch. You're warm. You're not there, but you're warm. What do you think of the difficulty level today, GVP? Uh, It's It's at the very bottom of that text I sent you. And there's not a spelling mistake in that at the bottom, by the way. Yes, there is. Yeah, there's a big one, actually. Yes, there is. Oh, my God. Really? I'm not going to say the spelling mistake because that would give things away. Okay, that's fine. But I don't think this is is the hardest one we've done, (laughs) but it's it's in the upper echelon. I'd say like an 8 out of 10. Okay, all right. 960, 960, name and location. These are very, very close. You're getting there. You're so close. What does the second place loser get, guys? And it's not what you're saying. The second place loser. There's the loser, yeah. and then there's a that, second the, yeah, place yeah, loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 960, like, 960, name and location. Derek Ryan, Johnny Goudreau, Blake Coleman. Oh. You want another one? You want another hint? We're still missing the one you part of that. Hint? 
80. Think Flames brand spanking new blue liner. Think new Flames blue liner. 96960 name and location. You want the hints again? I'm going to give it to you. Blake Coleman, Derek Ryan, Johnny Gaudreau. Here's the hints. Happy belated 247th birthday, America. Don't think about croissants, scones, or muffins. Think Danish. You get something for being the second place loser. Think new Flames Blue Liner. 96960. We got it. Name and location. Oh, who was it? Where? Where? Is it? You think? Well, I need the name of the specific player, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's, oh, whoa, whoa, he's whoa. on it. He's got it. There. Okay, Mitch. Yes. Congratulations, Mitch. Mitch, you're, you win it. Uh, Mitch won a... Uh, do we got an applause? Can we play an applause single for Mitch, who was uh, relentlessly texting in? It's a, it's a, it's a really like auditorium yeah, 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 yeah. clap on the... There you Thank go. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, they all won, uh, Julian. Congratulations to Mitch. All three players won a bronze medal for Team USA with Jordan Osterley at the 2018 World Hockey Championships yep. in Denmark. That's actually really good. There you go. That's really good. Are we, That's impossible we, Flames trivia for do, today. Do we get to do this again this week? Or is that the one That time was we, the only time we did this week. Uh, congratulations, uh, Mitch. Uh, you've won a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and uh, some swag, courtesy of our good friends at VK Bruco. Impossible Flames trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from Minho's VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery. 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. There you go. That's Were you even re- in that ballpark? No, I that's really good. That's a really good. That's really good. I'm mad we're not doing this again. Okay. Because you think you could actually get them? Because because I feel like now I can really expand my mind. Okay. Now I know what I'm up against. See, Patrick gave a great hint at the beginning. It has its flames newsy, new flames news. Yeah. And obviously, that's pretty much the biggest signing the flames have done so far in free agency. You're right. And all three of those players won a bronze medal in Denmark, a bronze, the second place loser at the World Hockey Championships. I don't know why I said Netherlands. My brain just had that's a short okay. circuit. That's it okay. meant to, they're both, I, they're I both sh- on the water. Yeah. Listen, as Matt Rose would say, hindsight's 50 50. So it's okay. You got it. <laughs> Um, the new assistant head coach of the Calgary Flames, your Calgary Flames, Mark Savard, going to join us straight ahead. And Greg Wyshynski, ESPN, NHL senior writer, all straight ahead. And we're asking you on the text line, 296-960, name and location, uh, who's the most famous person you went to high school with? I think we'll mix in some texty McTexterson to wrap up the show. And we'll probably do a Wimbledon report, although it's raining like crazy there with our intern, Shan. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. No Rose. McKenzie. Sports at 960. The fan.